This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Hosted by Roscoe, the fanalist, Southie, Beaner, and Gardy Broder. <laughs> yeah, it is. Brand new intro. Gotta love that. I mean, for, on top of that, 47 goals in 47 games is good, right? I mean, I think that's okay. Not asking for a friend. <laughs> Wow. Wow, 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 what a game. Uh, so tonight is going to be a little little interesting. So we're joined by the entire Leafs Late Night crew. This has not happened before. So Roscoe, Sadie, Beaner, Darty, and Steph. Welcome back, Steph. We missed you. Ah, thank you. Yes, oh my god. Where's the it's kids been, cheering? Play the kids cheering. Long. <laughs> oh yeah, where's my... <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> It's okay. been what? What six episodes? Seven? You've oh, missed now? Way too long. I listen to you guys back, and I'm just like crying on the inside because I want to be there with <laughs> you, but missing out on some spicy topics too, like trade deadline, and there was even a game with Shalgren and Hutchison in that. Like, what the hell? It's like so <laughs> much. All the crazy on. shit. See, Steph, when yeah. you cry, it's because you're missing see- out on the show. I cry when I listen back to the episodes because I have to hear myself talk. <laughs> <laughs> we need I you did. back all right we needed you back we yeah <laughs> no i see that uh darty you let southy out of the basement so that was nice and uh beaner is still standing after holding that gigantic trophy like i don't know how you even lifted that thing so kudos to you <laughs> but yeah oh, trophy. Nice, it was like an nice oktoberfest trophy here. yeah <laughs> it's the size of him you can tell everybody's in a good mood. I mean, Jack Campbell with a 941 save percentage, 32 saves on the night. Leafs win 6-2 to two over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Austin Matthews tying, then breaking? Question mark or just tying? Just tying. Just ties. Just I want to be sure. Well, well, if you want to get technical, he did it in less games. Okay. Yes. There you go. Uh, four points on the night for Austin Matthews, and he didn't go minus three. Leon Dreisaitl. Uh Three <laughs> points for Mitch Marner on the night. Man. Oh, this was such a fun game. So good. So, so good. Um, Sorry. Pierre Engvall opens the scoring. No, it's, this is just going to be how it is. Pierre Engvall? Have to lead this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> This Since when is Engvall an elephant, Darty? <laughs> I'm like the I'm like the do, Russian anything, version it's... of the you know like <laughs> cow goes, <laughs> chicken goes, <laughs> in Mother Russia, cow milks you. I'm just yeah. glad that Sea Biscuit didn't stick. It's it's giraffe. Come on. So yeah. uh, the giraffe opens the scoring. Thirteenth goal in the season. Twenty six points. Man, this dude woke up. We spent the first, I don't know, 20 episodes ripping on Pierre Engvall, and now he is producing. And I got to shout out Beaner, who was the only one who didn't rip on him, saying he's, you know, Keith trusts him. He's the, uh, what was your word for it? Safety blanket. Safety blanket. Yeah. Totally agree with that all season. And um, just quickly... Pierre Ingvall has just been a superstar all season long and especially on this first shot of the night too like I was kind of iffy about having a a Bruce okay let's get this down because it's my first time with this name Abrusezi Abrusezi no Nick it's gonna be Nick isn't it (laughs) hey Nicky cousin Nicky what's going on 
<laughs> yeah. Nick A to Z. But that third line too tonight su- surprised me for the better. I don't know. What do you guys think about this third line? Absolutely. Um, Angval is, he, he's been a monster. I don't know what's got in him over the past couple weeks. But just the four check, the shots, everything, every single shift, he's given it his all. He's he's been incredible. He's also yeah, he's really using his size to his advantage too. There's <laughs> that too. You guys see those modeling yeah, pictures really of him? Like, he's right just now. just a, just a beauty, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right, Sadie. He's he is finally using his size, which was something we were complaining about. I mean, mm-hmm. he, the guy's massive. Like, start pushing people around, and now he is. You see him digging in the corners and. And that shot, oh, just beats Vasilevsky's short side over the pad there. Beautiful. Did yeah. you see the deception on it when they showed the replay? Mm. No. Yes. It, it's incredible how he's able to do that. And he does it slower than Matthews. You're actually able to see it. But when he comes in, he's going. And just as he's flexing the stick to shoot it, you can see him change the angle. Because he was, he was aiming glove side. That's what Vasilevsky Ooh, read. Baby. And the last second, he switched it to blocker. Like, it was it was beautiful. Do you think that's something he picked up on Matthews? I, I wouldn't doubt it. Like, w- when you have someone like Matthews, it's you hear other players talk about it from back in the day with the Mew or Crosby, Ovechkin, Gretzky, you name it. If you're seeing that guy every day, day in, day out in practice, it's going to make you better. Because you're playing against one of the best players in the world every day at practice. Even John Cooper yeah, said this guy's right? going to score 70 goals. And you know what? I don't think he expected him to score 70 goals this season. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all agree, though, that Ingvall is definitely the Leafs success story when it comes to development. Like, no Absolutely. doubt about it. This guy started from the bottom. Now we hear like this is <laughs> literally like pure Ingvall, man. Like he is now the, a huge key to this team. And we didn't say this in the beginning. So it's so nice to witness these moments. Johnny, didn't you call it last episode? Pierre Engvall, 20 goal score? Yeah, and we were talking about this. We were doing the math. Yeah. You know, how many does he have to keep scoring? And I mean, at this pace, he could do it. If he sneaks a couple in, like, I don't know, man. He, like, he doesn't even need one a game from here out. It's doable. He has no business no, doing it. it's a real it. possibility at this point. He doesn't. That's the thing. He yeah. has no business scoring 20 goals this season. I mean, yeah. I'll be happy if he hits 15 at this point. What's he at now? 13? 13, yeah. Yeah. So, Serious. uh... No, go ahead. Serious question, though. Did the league just send a mass email to all of its staff and say that they will not allow Simmons to fight or make any contact with anyone else ever again on the ice? Because <laughs> I was what just was up bring with that, that up. premature penalty? Come on, guys. This is the second, like, so premature. second one now? Yeah. Second in a week where we've seen Simmons just, yeah, we're not going to allow this to happen. Why? Because he's too good at it? Like, what, what is this? They're like the conductors. They're, They're saying you're not allowed on the train anymore. All right, Wayne? No more Wayne train. Train's out of town. You can't. Yeah, yeah there, there, there was a shift in the league, obviously, when they started trying to get rid of the enforcers, right? Colt Moore was one of the last ones. Even goons like Avery got walked out of the league. And you, you can see it. That's always been in the ref's playbook to be able to just... No, you know what? I don't like what I'm seeing. Both of you just go because you're not 
penalizing the team at that point. You're basically just saying, hey, you guys are being stupid. This is going to escalate. Go sit down. You're basically putting them in timeout like you're a kindergarten teacher. Mm. Um, it's the it's only time always, you can do that to grown adult men. <laughs> right? It's it, it doesn't happen often anymore, but it is still there. So the fact that it it's such a rare occurrence now, we're kind of like, what the hell? Right? But it, it's, it's definitely there. I think it's just so can. obvious with Simmons, right? Like, you know that that's what he's there for now, right? Like, especially that line with Kyle Clifford on it as well. Like, you, <laughs> like they're there to bruise. And, uh, and Clifford looked great tonight, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, talk about success stories. Like, as long as he stops getting stupid penalties, like, I don't mind that at all. Like, Kyle Clifford might be like, or, you know, you know how we talk about pretty good. Like, he's on the bottom end of that. Like I said, as long as he stays out of the box, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm fucking really happy with that. Yeah, he's just but a regular point, pretty good. To the point, though, maybe like Simmons doesn't actually have to fight to be effective like that. Just being on the ice and having the refs break it up. Like it lets the other team know that that's always a possibility and he will play that role if need be. Well, and that was going to be my other point is with how I mean, not that Wayne Simmons hasn't been effective this season, but with his level of efficiency, is it not kind of nice for him to just take somebody else off the ice for 10 minutes? Like the Leafs aren't really losing anything by him not being there for the first, I don't know what, five minutes into 15 into the first. Like I think Pat Maroon's a bigger hit. (laughs) Not that he's a huge hit to the the lightning, but. And it also sends a message to the other team too, that like you can't play too rough against our top guys because we do have that ace in the hole in Simmons who can get up there and rough your other team up. Yeah. This is almost like it's a, it's 10 minutes. It's almost more effective than fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 10 minutes for looking yeah, at the your only own. Thing that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only downside is that Blackwell gets less ice time because he's not able to come out with his teammates, right? Or his line mates. But obviously the fans want to see big rig versus the Wayne train. Like I'm, I'm not for violence, but big rig versus the Wayne train. Come on guys. Like, come on. Smackdown waiting to happen. But Anyways, we'll save it for another time. All right, so Kucherov, uh, again, with his 13th of the season. Weird that Pierre Engvall and Nikita Kucherov both have 13 goals, but, you know, context. So uh, <laughs> Kucherov <laughs> ties it up end of the first period. Uh, to end the first period off, they're still tied 1-1. So um, takeaways from the first, Jack Campbell looks great. Um, yeah. What a right pad. Yeah, man. Yeah. He made some fantastic <laughs> saves tonight, but oh. I think yeah. his biggest problem was just people uh, being in his way. Like that's you know, <laughs> Justin Hall. Yeah, you get too many, you get too many Definitely. fat asses in the front there, and all of a sudden, of course, he can't see a puck coming at him. It's just <laughs> no offense. You guys got big butts, all right. That's it. <laughs> Speaking of Hall, who sits tomorrow? Good Hall. It, it, it has to be Hall. Oh With yeah, Muzzin after tonight, he was so bad. Mm-hmm. First defensive pairing of Riley Labushkin. Second defensive pairing of Brody and Muzzin because Brody makes everyone better. And third pairing of Giordano and Lily. You can't pull Lily out with how he's playing. No, that's can't. an insanely de- deep defensive that's team. That's our Lily pattern. Right? right? This is the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I just said this is an insanely deep defensive team. What the fuck? Not to <laughs> mention, like, Lily's just man starting, can't get a defenseman. Yeah, like, Lily's just starting to hit his stride with his development now, right, too. I think if you were to pull him out, that would really kind of set him back a little bit. Maybe, like, especially mentally. So, yeah, you mm-hmm. have to keep him in. And, and Sandine's still out, too, guys. Yeah. Like, there's... What's There's Sandy's injury like? Yes, Paul knows. What's the story there? Like, is he coming back or knee injury? Or is he still gone? For still a supposed weeks, to be, but pro- probably not till week to week. just just before the playoffs or, or right at the start of them. So if Muzzin doesn't look good, then Hall knows he's next man up, anyways, right? Like it's not like 
it's not like he's going to be too butthurt about this. Like it's Jake fucking Muzzin, right? Like he, he, he should know that like his, you know, his time was kind of <laughs> up when Muzzin got better anyways. So like, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So second period, Austin Matthews was in, with an absolutely disgusting goal to open the period. Minute 46 in is 52nd of the year from uh, Mitch Marner's 54th assist. Oh my God. And Bunting's 34th. This line is just nasty, man. That aside, it's it's historic, historical greatness for the Leafs. Like it's not just disgustingly beautiful. Like this is historic for a team that's been around for over a hundred years. The one thing I had noted Math- from the first period, though, with Austin Matthews and Sergachev. Oh my God, this guy better check his pockets on the way home because this guy pickpocketed him twice, yeah. like brutally in the first period. Like it was nasty the way he took the puck off him twice, but. Yeah, this guy's game is just getting, like, I am literally almost have tears to my eyes, like, watching this guy play, you know, because it's generational talent that we may not ever witness again. So it's, it's amazing. Really is. Um, I do have to, because we have more Austin Matthews goals to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, Jan Ruda <laughs> scores his third on a floater. I mean, not even, just skids across through... <sighs> Hall and Brody aren't usually this bad, but oh my God, Hall just let everyone like he, this is what we talked about where you have to either take the body, take the puck or get out of the way of the goalie. And he did none of those things. He just stood like two arms lengths away from Ruda and stood there. Yeah. So he's talking about it. Like, I don't know what uh, to say about Hall sometimes. It's like that scene from Shark Tale. Like, hey, boss, big butts. Like, <laughs> just a bunch of ass in front of Jack Campbell. What's he going to do? You know, like. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that I wish he had had back, you know, just for the sake of it being 6 1. It just felt so soft. But, but honestly, like, on Justin Hall again, before Matthew scored, uh, they were they had a really good chance, uh, pressure in the zone, and the puck gets back to Justin Hall and he misses it and it goes over and Tampa turns the play around. It's like, you can't be the one that blows it when you're in a game like this, because yes, it's still regular season, but you know, you don't want to be the playoff fuck up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Especially if you're known as the player who might kind of be the one to cough up those pucks and lead to those types of plays. Yeah. Especially has to be, yeah, he has to be extremely responsible. Yeah, and I think everybody on the Leafs has shown to be responsible on the defense except for Dermot and Hall, and one of those two is gone, and one is unfortunately still in the lineup because of injuries. This year's iteration of Jake Gardner, not to mention the fact that he can't stay on his skates. (laughs) I said that, and you guys said I was being harsh. No, it turns out you were right. This is Leafs talk. We we change on a dime, all right? Honestly, this whole just past the minute or so, all I had in my mind was Jake Garner, Jake Garner. I don't want to be on the Gardner Expressway on my way out of the playoffs. Like, so. Please. Uh, so uh, speaking of out of the playoffs, this started about with this Austin Matthews goal at 3-2. Uh, lightning Twitter exploded. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw, but every update for goals from the 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th, it was like, get ready for the first round exit. Guess this uh, dynasty's over. They were done turning this off, watching basketball. I'm going to bed. Like they abandoned ship quick, man. 
And you could hear it yeah. in the crowd. Like you, all the Leaf fans took over. You, all you heard was soup and go Leafs go yeah. from the second period on. Just getting some uh, CBJ flashbacks. Right? Best like, traveling team in the league. Not only just best traveling team in the league, but they have the most goals for on the road in the entire NHL right now. That's crazy. Okay, Austin Matthews, 53rd goal from Mitch Marner. What a disgusting pass from Magic Mitch. Oh, my God. These guys are going to hit 100 easy. Yeah, they just make it look so easy, like effortless. Absolutely effortless. So Austin Matthews has, uh, so what's this, a 92 points, and Mitch Marner finishes the game with 99. No. I'm looking at that wrong. Mitch Marner, 55 and 29 is 84. Yeah, for all the talk like we're throwing at Matthews right now, like I feel a lot has to be said about how Marner is playing and how easy he's making the game for Matthews right now. Like this guy is playing with the most confidence he's ever had in his career. The plays he's making, like the vision he has right now is just absolutely absurd and I'm here for it, man. This is ridiculous. And like Steph was saying about the pickpocketing, their forechecking was gross tonight. Like the Tampa could barely get out of their own end, let alone past the neutral zone. Like every time they got through there, it was just chopping at their sticks and pickpocketing from behind, checking them from like, I have not seen the Leafs throw hits like this in a long time. This was a fantastic game from them. Honestly, 39 hits by the Leafs. Let's go. Yeah. 39 hits, 39 shots. That's beautiful. Complete game. That's a complete game. giveaways from Tampa. Only three for the Leafs. Um, Wow. It's been, you know, my favorite part about this game, too, was that it wasn't even the special teams battling against each other. It wasn't, like, battle of the power play or the penalty kill. Majority of this game was even strength. So if the Leafs can do this even strength, just imagine what happens when a couple power plays go their way. Yeah, I mean, they blew up in the second and there were no penalties. So that just goes to show this team is put together five on five. They're put together when they're shorthanded. They're in f- their power plays first in the league. Like, come on. Are we first in power yeah. kill too? <laughs> Bruh, the power kill. I'm coining that. If, any, if I hear that anywhere else, we better get credit. Royalties. Royalties, I, okay. exactly. That meme, I'm, I made, I'm sure everybody that listens saw this, but I made this stupid meme with a giraffe and magician and a cobra. And a campfire. And, it, and a campfire that I added later. Thank you, <laughs> at Jay's, uh, whoever it was. Uh, sorry. Yeah, uh, it, it, it got us a lot of plays. I, uh, I got to start making more memes. Uh, Darty, I, you know, we got we to gotta tag team this. That's okay. Yeah, like I've been, I've been kind of quiet because like memes require effort. Actually, like <laughs> you know what? Like I see a lot of like these accounts, and they'll like they just post some of the weirdest <laughs> stuff, like low effort, low, and they'll get like thousands of likes. But like you know, for me, it's like I want to have something creative. I want something just to, like hit. And like sometimes you just think too much, right? You just you got to throw in a campfire every now and then. You got to throw in a giraffe, like you know, mix in a <laughs> salad every MS once in a while. And just go at it, bro. Snapchat all the way. Uh, That's all Snapchat, I use Photoshop. is Snapchat, all right? I got, a, <laughs> I got a good one. I'll send you after I thought of before I came on. Okay, so uh, Harvard boy Alex Kerfoot with his twelfth of the season, with uh, twelve minutes twenty five seconds left in the second, makes it four to two. Man, they love talking about Harvard on this podcast. 
<laughs> Harvard. <laughs> they said it a lot tonight. A lot of they former did. Harvard players. And I was so happy once he scored that goal because he tried a couple of times rushing to the net. And every time Kerfoot has that attempt, it's like, oh, he tried. Okay, that one didn't go in. But I was so happy that it finally went in. Well, and just before that, you had um, the ping pong in the crease when the puck beat Vasilevsky, hit off the post, hit off Kerfoot, hit off, I believe it was Sergachev, then the other post and out. That was ridiculous. I don't know how <laughs> nobody scored that. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, so uh, Leafs come out of the second period uh, still winning 4-2. to two. How sweet it is. Uh, especially when they're tied with Tampa. This was such an important game. This Did you guys find this game like insanely fast-paced? Mm-hmm. It was fast-paced. Was the cool. transition for both teams is just ridiculous. They both, like, I mean, we've said this. They play the same, so I mean, it's to, to be expected, but yeah. Well, well speaking of that point, I was uh, saying uh, earlier that uh, this Tampa team reminded me of the Leafs, except like not the iteration of the Leafs that we're currently seeing that is just an absolute wagon, but the Leafs that we've come to know and also come to loathe, right? Like, like it's kind of nice to see us being the absolute, you know, everybody's on fire and just, you know, everything is, everything's coming up Millhouse for us and watching the team that like is supposed to be whooping our ass just kind of look miserable out there. Like that's just, it's, it, I'm, you know, not to shit on Tampa, but at the same time, like we're a Leafs podcast. So yeah, it's fucking nice to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. So nice. I kind of find that Tampa is like the Leafs inner saboteur. Like it's like that, like that dark, twin out there that excuse me everyone has that you're kind of your inner battle and i find that if the leafs can overcome tampa they can overcome anything because they're i they're from the lineup all the way down to the goaltending it's almost identical in a sense you know what i mean so it's yeah it's i was really excited for this game that's for sure Except we got the strong yeah, tomorrow soup night can. against Florida is going to be wild, and they've got oh, the, Les- yeah. they got Vasilevsky tonight. <laughs> it's been a while since we got to play that one. Welcome back, Jack. So uh, seven minutes into the third, Austin Matthews skates in across the blue line, looks around for who to pass it to, and goes, "Nah, I want it," and fires it <laughs> home for the hat trick. And his fifty fourth. Absolutely disgusting shot. Like, this guy is so good. (laughs) Uh, And Mitch Marner with his 29th of the season to make it 6-2 to from Austin Matthews. Another absolutely disgusting goal. Man, these guys are so good. And Craig's takeaway for me was, like, the biggest thing on that play because he was skating down so hard on that D. And the way he takes away pucks without, like, breaking stride, that's something, like, no one else in the league can really do like Matthews does. He's so fast at it. The defenseman, like, they don't never have time to react. So by the time the puck's off the defenseman's stick, he's already around the net. He knows where Mitch is going to be. Sets him up, one-timer. Just beautiful. It's, it's almost like Yager-esque. He's like yeah. a, a, cross, a cross between the way, because Yager used his body a little more than Matthews does. Not that Matthews doesn't. But he's, it's like a cross between Yager and maybe Datsu, because Datsu used no body whatsoever, but was just a thief out there. So it's it's really it's really cool to see, especially the full two hundred foot game that you don't see from some other stars. <laughs> David, 
Well, speaking of it, I was just going to say, like, Craig Simpson still wants to put uh, Dreisaitl in a conversation with Matthews. Like, no, Austin Matthews has blown past that now. Like, he's There's like, McDavid, Matthews, and everyone else at this point. Yeah. But uh, you yeah. said Yager, and I was thinking, got me big. Uh, I was also thinking about Penguins and uh, Crosby Malkin, like the way that uh, Marner's kind of, you know, yeah. he's pl- he's been playing to Matthew's talents, to Matthew's ability, and then in return, Matthew's been paying him back, like you know, the di- paying massive dividends to Marner. So, so um, if nobody has any more points they want to touch on the game, I have an interesting question from Twitter. We good? Let's do it. Okay. So um, our favorite question asker, Mike, at MTC underscore 80, <laughs> who asks this question every episode. Thank you. I Thank can always you. count on you. This um, is probably Johnny Ross's third account. Mike, back me up. You're not me. Uh, this is an interesting question because this has we haven't talked about this before in any of these episodes. When are we going to give Sheldon Keefe the respect he deserves and put his name in the Jack Adams conversation? Put some respect on his name. Fair. So it, 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 it won't ahead. ever be there though, because that's the curse of being on a good team, right? You yeah, always see it. The point I was going to make is the Jack Adams award is almost for whose team is better than it should be on paper. Mm-hmm. Like who or has came, a bad came back from nothing team. last year. Exactly. Whose team shouldn't be good and is. And the Leafs are playing as well as they should be. Like, this is as crazy good as this is. This is what everyone... <laughs> this this is like the be. height that was expected of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how do you how do you really award Sheldon Keefe for that? I mean, it. he has gotten a lot out of players that aren't supposed to be superstars. I mean, like we've been talking about Engvall. And I mean, Bunting's been a success story. Uh, how much do you credit Keefe for that? Sometimes it's hard I to just stay the course. Fan. I thought it'd be a lot. Okay, one at a time. This hey, first <clears throat> first try at it. Fanalist. Hands up. F- fanalist. Fanalist. You've been you've been missing. You go first. <clears throat> I think Keith is a huge factor in this, just because he was the previous Marley's coach and he has this uh, reputation with the players and um it just goes to show that like the type of coach that he is, he, I mean, his records 106, 48 and 17 in the three seasons he's been with the Leafs. Obviously there's been the ups and the downs, even with, with injury and so, but they're pulling out wins. So I don't know, but I do see the point of bringing a lower tier team from the bottom to the top with that award. So it's, it's tough. Um, uh, I don't know. I want to hear what you guys think. I want to hear uh, Beaner's Braden point about this. Beaner's <laughs> Braden point. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's it's been an argument in doesn't matter what podcast you listen to, what show you watch, doesn't matter. It's always been the argument as why aren't the good coaches getting the credit they deserve? Like look at John Cooper with the Lightning. Yes, he has an amazing team. Yes, they've been incredibly successful over the last almost decade. But it, it still takes skill to coach good players. You still have to know the buttons to push. If you're 10, 1, and 5 in your last you know 16 games, then how, how are you going to be able to criticize your players and have them listen to you? 
like it, it takes a special kind of person to be able to do that. Um, so it, it's, it's always been the argument. Like you're going to get Andrew Burnett from Florida. He's going to get a lot of love this year because Florida has been incredible and he is an intern, right? Um, but I, I've always been on the Keefe train, not just because I'm a Leaf fan, but because of the fact that it doesn't matter what's thrown at him, the goalie issues, the defense issues, the players slumping, like you could easily crumble. There's been a history with the Leafs of having these big, tough coaches with big names and because they're the only ones that can handle it. And then Dubas went off the board, took his guy, who he's been with right from the get-go, and it, it's paying off. He, they definitely deserve the credit. Whether they'll get it or not, I'm not sure, but they definitely deserve it. And he Yeah, Keith does such a good nope. job. Sorry. Uh, Keith does such a good job of like juggling the lineup, especially when people are in and out or hot and cold. But to Beater's point, especially, him and Dubas have a long history. And these guys obviously have a vision together, right? They were in Sioux in the OHL. Now they're here at the Leafs. Like, these guys planned this out for a long time. And finally, like, you're starting to see it come into fruition. And both of these guys are obviously on the same page. And I think they both deserve a lot more credit than they're actually getting. Darty, you want to finish it off? You know, just to steal from uh, from Uncle Ben, I was going to say with great talent comes great responsibility. And uh, the one thing I think sometimes that a lot of Leafs fans um, who are critical of the team notice that like we just wish the Leafs would notice is that like how good are these players, but how bad they end up playing when, you know, we need them to be their best. And the, and I guess that the embodiment of, of someone who has no business being here right now is Sheldon Keefe, all right? Because if you know his story, you know this guy's a hothead. You know this guy effed up so many times in his career. He shouldn't be here where he is because of the things that he said and the things that he, he, he he's done. He was kind of a prick. Like, he was not... Like, Sheldon Keefe of, was a young, hot and horny, you know, stupid kid. And he might have been a good enough hockey player to get as far as he did. But the fact that he, where he is right now in, in, in a place where... You know, he has the chance to be a Stanley Cup winning coach after what? Like, is this his second season now in the NHL? Third. Like, second full season. Second full yeah. season in the NHL. That's incredible. Not really. I mean, the other if, one was shortened. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Is this incredible for Sheldon Keefe? Because if he was to go back and talk to his former self who was playing, what was it, was it Barry Colts or whatever? And, you know, pissing off, uh, p- pissing off the commissioner of that organization. Like, <laughs> you know, like... This man has been humbled so many times in his life, and now he's taking these yes, these young, hot and horny guys who constantly, you know, they hear all the great things, they do great things, you know what I mean? Like they're out there and they just want to, you know, they want to battle for pucks and they want to, you know, get all these like, you know, hot star moments out there. But then we see them in the first round of the playoffs and like, where's Matthews? Where's Marner? Why is Spezza scoring? You're not Matthews and Marner, right? It's like if anybody knows what, you know, what embarrassment feels like and like pulling yourself over that hill and getting to getting to the you know land of redemption it's Sheldon Keefe because he shouldn't be here and he is and so uh, you know after everything that he's been through like yeah I don't know if, if the Jack Adams award uh, <laughs> recognizes that level of strife from his past but like man the guy deserves an award for something and hopefully maybe that award is the Stanley freaking cup all right hopefully. damn finishing off strong and horny so, <laughs> so uh, just real quick, the trophy tracker has the three top candidates as uh, Daryl Sutter of the Calgary Flames, Gerard Gallant of the Rangers, 
and Andrew Burnett of the Florida Panthers. I get it. Sutter turned the Flames around. Burnett turned the Panthers around. The Rangers with Gallant, I don't get as much. But sure. Okay. Keep should just get an award for doing so well with the Leafs team and facing the media every day. There should be a be award for that, don't you think? All right, let's finish off the trophy conversation. What <laughs> How many trophies? Okay, so if we put Keith in the conversation for the Jack Adams, because we're going to, because we're Leaf fans, uh, what other trophies are we in contention for, realistically? Let's list them off. Well, you got the Rocket, you have the Heart, Selkie, Selkie. Calder, Calder, yeah. Vesna. I'm pretty sure Dubas deserves some recognition for the building he's done this year. Oh, what's that one? They'd have to make yeah. the final four for that. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's the, so? G- the Jim Gregory Award. Yeah, yeah, every time every time the award's been announced, it's always been GMs that are in the final four. Johnny, it's the it's the oh, red paper cl- red paper clip award for turning chicken shit and chicken salad. All right, because like I, I, we started this season with an abysmal looking D, and now we have like. What is the envy of the league? <laughs> like, what about Marner for Lady Bing? That guy hardly takes any penalties. He's racking up crazy points. He took one tonight, but fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, for the first time in a long time, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we've got some new segments for y'all. This is Leafs Late Night. And this is uh, Chasen by Bloke Young. Shout out. Because I have it loaded up in my soundbar. <laughs> we get a break and now we can't pee. <laughs> Alright, welcome back. So, we got a fun little game uh, that we totally didn't just come up with over the break because we thought we were going to do something else and it is called Delete the Tweet. So what we're going to do here is we're going to dive through some old tweets that a couple of us have made earlier in the season and uh, basically just get absolutely roasted by the other four or have the chance to defend yourself. We'll see how this plays out. Tonight on the hot seat is uh, for the first up, our very own Beaner. There was a tweet dug up today that was posted into our group chat. Um, Beaner, what did you you tweet and when? So... It was directly after Game 7 in the playoffs against Montreal. And if I remember correctly, I believe that my exact words were, this better be the last game Marner plays in a Leafs jersey. (laughs) Whoa! Straight to it. Better be the last time Marner (laughs) wears a Leafs jersey. (laughs) So, defend yourself before you... uh are thrown to the wolves so or the late night owls as we will call ourselves the leafs not only had they seen their captain go down in i'm not gonna lie is one of the most traumatic image like images you can see in a hockey game it's not that it was a broken leg or anything like that like i was legitimately concerned for Tavares's 
well-being. And I'm not just talking about that game, like his well-being going forward in his life after what happened with Perry in game one. Yeah. So they overcame that, and then they came, and they had a chance to close it out, and they didn't do it, and it went to game seven. And for... I, I, I singled on Marner specifically because it was kind of easy to do. His play that game was just absolutely atrocious. He was... Yes, okay, he was emotional. He was crying on the bench because he cares so much for this team. But you, you got to show it. Not just... Oh, he was crying like a, a spoiled kid who didn't get his way. Not like someone who is doing everything in his power and is just... It's not working. It's not his night. He he wasn't showing the full effort, and I just... I had had enough in my head. The team had to go forward. They had to do something drastic because of the salary cap. And up until then, Nylander was giving a better bang for his buck than Marner. Okay. Um, as we were also talking about, Mitch Marner is 17th all-time scoring in the Leafs history with 442 points in 415 games played. I will now turn it over to who would like to start. Steph, how about you? You've been gone. You know, I got to agree with you, Beaner, just based on this scenario alone. But, you know, I what? was not not totally agree. <laughs> Let me finish. Let me finish. I think Johnny had a stroke. I was the one who found this. Yeah, no, no, no. I was the one who found this. I was supposed post to be quiet. And posted it to our group. And I was just shocked because he said, last time Marner wears a Leafs jersey, I just thought, how many Marner jerseys have you bought since then, bruh? Don't you post jerseys in our group all day? (laughs) No, um, but obviously that half series was horrible, and especially last or last year, Marner had sixty-seven points in fifty-five games played. You expected way more, but not to the extent where you say he'll never wear a Leafs jersey again. Hometown boy, man. Like, you can't take that away from him right off the bat. So that's where we have to punish you there. And you, you, you got to deserve to play for your hometown team. And that is fair. you know what? I'll eat crow on this one. He has come back, and he has been what we all expect him to be this season. I know it's not playoffs yet, mm-hmm. but uh, at, at that point, I, I was definitely done. And there was no way Matthews was moving. There was no way JT was moving if he was even going to be coming back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's uh, that's that's definitely my hot take from last year. And I, I'm <laughs> I'll I'll pull an Alan Walsh and you can stick the sword in me. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Darty, you had your hand up. You're next. Oh, no, I was just going to, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse or I guess like, you know, revive a dead horse because <laughs> I was actually with Bean on this one. Like just. Um, I totally agree with what he was saying about uh, about how the team felt. Like I would say, it's a, it was a team effort in being crybabies. <laughs> there just there just seemed to be a lack of um, of heart, and more so, it did seem like they were spoiled, right? Yeah, you're like you were crying, but they weren't they weren't tears of a fighter. This was like you know. I, I could just see Bean like going going on the ice like he was Tom Hanks and just like there's no crying in hockey. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's like you guys are acting. They were kind of acting like as the French like to say, "bébé la la," right? Like they're just you know like what are you whining about? Like get out there and show some hustle, right? And maybe it's a little bit of toxic masculinity, but you know what? The women's team show that kind of hustle. So you know, I 
I got can't give a point to the Leafs there. Like, you know, I felt I was on the I was on the trade monitor train too. I'm like, you know, this guy lacks something, and uh, that something is what we're currently seeing right now. So you know what? Put the sword in me. I'll burn on this cross too. <laughs> He, he had an. This is not how I thought this would go. <laughs> he had an on ice expected goals against higher than anybody else in the team at 1.52. He His goal differential was on par with Wayne Simmons. Matthews was a 0.73 goal differential, and Marner was a negative 0.06. Like, that doesn't sound like it's bad, but it was bad. Like, bad, was bad. bad. And to kind of defend Beaner on this point, the guy, oh the guy gets paid a ridiculous <laughs> ticket. So I can kind of understand what you're saying because that's like an altering, a team altering trade, right? If you get rid of Marner, that changes the complexity of your whole team. That being said, this guy has lit it up everywhere he's played. And you knew it was only a matter of time before he was going to come back. Like, obviously, Matthews, his goal scoring prowess is next level. But I feel like Marner really drives this team when he's playing well. He's the quarterback on every play he's on. He's he's the one feeding Matthews these goals. He's the one who's got the vision on the ice. You you just don't trade a guy like that, especially when he's so young. Bad take, Beaner. Incredibly bad take. And it goes back to what we were talking about before the break, and Keefe deserves some credit for the Jack Adams. You have Marner in the last game of the season, the most important game, where he was vi- like visually upset to everybody, not just to the guys in the dressing room, to everybody. And you start the next season by putting him on the penalty kill. You increase his responsibility, not only just by more ice time, but by giving him more ice time and more dangerous situations against. And he has flourished. Like That is a, a very, very good case as to why I'm sitting on a couch right now <laughs> and not in an NHL front office. Yeah. The power kill. This is how it all started, you know? Like Power kill, baby. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, I didn't expect so many people to be on the same train. Like, I mean, I don't know if I was ever on that, but I think, if anything, this just goes to show our listeners that we are not revisionist history podcast Leaf fans. Like, we will own the fact that we had shitty takes back in the day. or you Yesterday. Know, the situation <laughs> you know, or yesterday or last month or whenever it was. We're not going to pretend like we didn't say things. Um, so anybody else have a have a hot take we want to rip apart here? I know we had some old ones. Darty? I don't have an old take because I don't remember things, you know, that far back in the past. <laughs> and I'm sure that you guys, you, you will remind me of things I've said. Or, you know, I'm actually haunted by things I've said by, you know, anytime I listen to this podcast, I'm like, man, I really wish I didn't say half of those things. And half of those words were, um, you know, and like, so, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, to bring up something I just saw on Twitter from, not from one of our fans, possibly they could be, or maybe they won't be after I bring it up. Um, here's a, here's a hot take for you. So everybody listen here, fish, AKA at feed the fish 79 states, the biggest takeaway from this Leafs game is that Nylander is not missed and is replaceable. What do y'all think about that? <laughs> oh my god, this is exactly the kind of thing I was looking for. Thank you, Darty. Okay, so this I was going to talk about my trade Nylander take, but uh, this is better. Is Nylander replaceable? I think all it goes to show is that 
the firepower of the first line when they're clicking. It doesn't matter who's playing on the second, third, or fourth line, but the insurance of having him and JT on the second line when Matthews and Marner maybe aren't on for, I don't know, five minutes, but that hasn't happened this season, so... <laughs> bullshit. What are you guys? Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. It does matter. This guy is a key depth player on this team. He gets John Tavares going. His ticket is pretty low considering when you compare it to all the other players. And when he's on, man, this guy is on. You're not going to be able to replace him with two or three players like we did with Zach Hyman. This guy is a different type of animal. And when he's on, like I said, he's irreplaceable. I really don't think trading him is a good idea whatsoever. Dude has more points than Darcy Tucker, Ryan McCabe. Like, he's 35th all-time in Leaf scoring already in 426 games. Keyword is when when he's on i was just gonna say that (laughs) sorry i was just gonna say that beaner no no it's all good the the (laughs) leafs historically it's it's really weird yes we had gilmore yes we had settler but it's it's not leaf like to have generational talents as as silly as that is to say that even the leafs that won back in the 60s and 40s excuse me they did it as a team they had all-stars, they had Hockey Hall of Fame players, but they didn't have, like, the Maurice Richard, the Gordie Howe, or going into this into the 60s. They didn't have Bobby Hall, right? Okay, Frank Mahovlich was a legend, but he, he wasn't the best. So we're used to the team playing as a team. That's why players like Tucker, players like Domi, players like Clark, Gilmore, um, Lanny McDonald, even Tiger Williams, you go back, Calmer off, like I, I can keep going. Those types of players are typically the ones that Leaf fans love. So this yeah, I mean, like even more recently for our younger listeners or recent fans, I mean, you had like Zach Hyman and like Mason Raymond, and uh, who was the other one um, from Chicago that we had? Dave Boland. Uh, Dave Boland. Like you had all these guys that were just like depth scoring. That you know, it was that fifteen to twenty five. You can say that about Kerfoot right now. Happened. Yeah, Kerfoot, exactly. So, so that, that style of player is what mostly fans are used to. So this is a treat, seeing what we're seeing. But Tyler Bozak, there's another one. Oh, absolutely. Sure. But when it comes to someone like Nylander, you see he has the skill. He has all the potential in the world. And it's, it's just not always there. And that's it, it's very, very frustrating. Yes, we're nitpicking here, but it's very frustrating. Yeah, at the end of the day, though, this when he's on thing just happens to conveniently be in the playoffs, or at least it was last year. So, I mean, if he chooses to be on when it matters, all this just goes out the window. Like the guy could have a mediocre 20 game stretch in the regular season, but if he scores 10 goals in the playoffs, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Dirty, go ahead. <laughs> okay, I'm going to need to follow me up on this one, Johnny, because this is a statement that's controver- controversial, bold, and short. But I, ha- I have to say it. I just have to say it. Is that it. our will? Our Willie is the biggest on the pee pee. <laughs> that's and that's where we notice him. All right, like like you. It's hard to. It's hard, It is hard to say. But um, I think we will we'll definitely miss Willie. Um, come, you know, like these people saying trade Willie, trade Willie, trade Willie. Um. I, I want to bring us back to earth here. This is an amazing regular season run that we're having now, but to Beaner's point, 
previously, we're not in the playoffs yet. We have five years of playoff history and disappointment. Do not for one second think that this will continue into the playoffs because we haven't seen it yet. All right. And you can call me from the show me state because you better show me in the playoffs. Otherwise I will burn that Marner Jersey and tell that guy to get the F out of town. All right. And it's you will all be on the same boat because if they don't perform in the playoffs in the first round and it's just William Nylander and Spezza scoring, there's going to be some, (laughs) this city is going to burn. So please don't forget that. In fact, them doing really well right now a couple of weeks before the playoffs only stands to make this harder for them in the playoffs because now the pressure is on for them to continue this, right? So I don't want to be that, oh, look, at you know, you know, the end is nigh. But, like, don't forget, we have not seen this in the playoffs yet. So, you know, sorry to not sorry to burn your bubble, but <laughs> it's... The two no, it's fair that it it's fair that it hasn't happened in the playoffs yet, but it is. It's not like it's December or November when we were saying how good they're playing, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, you guys won the November Cup, congratulations!" It's like, no, we're actually a couple weeks out of the playoffs at this point, and they're really clicking as a team. And now we're without Nylander, Muzzin, Sandine. Like they've played through having no goaltending. I mean. This team has played through a lot of adversity this year and still looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spezza didn't play tonight either. So do you say yeah. the same thing? Like uh, Spezza is replaceable and that's also a tough conversation to have because we... Just because your team's deep doesn't make the person who doesn't make the lineup that night replaceable. It just means your team's deep. Yeah, it's a, it's a good problem to have. And we're in this scenario where... Like people are saying on Twitter that Mark Giordano might sit tonight, tomorrow because you want to get other guys into the lineup. It's like you would never think this would be happening, you know, like the guy who was once the captain of the Seattle Kraken. Now he's the sixth or seventh D. So I swear to God, if they sit him over Justin Hall, I'm going to scream. Sadie, you had a point. Go ahead. <laughs> I did further the point on Nylander. <laughs> like if Matthews and Martyr have a bad game in the playoffs, you don't have another player like Nylander if you lose him to pick up that slack in a playoff game, which he has been doing the past year or two. So by trading him or, you know, getting 75 cents on the dollar for him or whatever, you just, you lack that. So you really, really need that high-end skill, someone who can pick up the slack and do the things that he, like Matthews and Warner can do on a lesser level, obviously, but you're not going to find that anywhere else. And I think people take like Newlander for granted just because of that. Yeah, and to say that we didn't miss him tonight, I mean, like we talked about, when Kyle Clifford is playing well and Pierre Engvall scores and Mikheyev is playing his heart out, like, yeah, on nights like that, you won't notice one person missing. But that's a good problem. Like, it's not that he's not going to add something if he was there. It just means that everybody else is stepping up in his absence. Mm-hmm. And it's a real possibility this year that our core four can all get 30 goals. I mean, Mar- Mitch has 29, Tavares has 24, Nylander yeah. 26, Matthew of co- Matthews, of course, 54. Like, how amazing is that? It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, so, Darty, did you find any more uh, bad takes to... Uh 
break down here. Oh, I got a good one here. I just uh, shout out to uh, Marty Zilstra, John Tavares' elite. He always quote tweets people with shitty takes, so I figured he'd have one. So uh, at Lance MCW, I'm going to call you out here. Luckily, being the best scorer in Leafs history is a pretty low bar. Um, I'm sorry. What team do you cheer for that somehow has a scorer who was on a better pace than this? Like, change the crest. (laughs) Give a shit. I would still think this is insane. I'm just more happy that it's a Leafs crest. Is that a knock on Matthews or like former players? Because 54 goals for a team who's been around for over 100 years is kind of low. Bruh, he's from Edmonton. Yeah. You still want hot takes? So, uh... literally the only people that are allowed to say that the bar is low for being the best scorer ever. Except, I don't know, maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. The, the or Washington. The, the, the Blues with Brett Hull. Like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I got one last hot take, if you'd like. Yes, please. I okay. might as well. <clears throat> so, uh... For all the listeners and uh, fans of the show, because uh, you may recognize this uh, this take from uh, yesterday <laughs> and probably subsequent days, but uh, this take here is my stance on uh, from Chip Tooth at Cursed underscore Hockey. These are great, great names. So my stance on all NHL injuries and questionable hits. I don't care if it was clean or dirty or if he tripped over his own damn feet. If a player goes down hard and can't get up, they need to blow the effing whistle. Yeah, I agree. Oh, oh, I see some shaking see... his head. It, it it depends on the context of how they went down. If like if if it's say Giordano goes down because he blocked a shot, and all of a sudden from that block shot now Marner has a two on one with Matthews. You want it blown down, even though Geo's down in our own end and they're going down for a breakout. Fair. Also, I love that. Sadi is such a sound mixer, even when we're working. He's like, can you stop that clicking in our, <laughs> in our chat? <laughs> it's always listening for things. And I don't even notice. That's how you tell he's a sound mixer. I mean, I I I get it contextually. Like, sure, you know, if some if there's you know, somebody's unconscious or can't get up on their own and is like struggling to get to the bench, yeah, like the whistle should be blown. Like it's kind of insane that we're just gonna go around playing hockey. It's like on a minor scale, the same way where we pause things when a crazy world event is going on. It's like, you know, we can't play when this is happening. You can't play hockey around someone who can't help themselves up off the ice. Like, how do you stay focused? No, both teams even recognize that. Like, you got to stop that. Okay. Um, I got another one here. This is more of a fun one from Tic Tac Tomar. 34 and 16 will be in the rafters one day. Hmm. What do you guys think of that? Because, I mean, the bar's pretty high for getting up there. They did stop, um, what was it? They they had a stretch where they were, like, honoring numbers but not retiring them. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll clarify on that a little bit. So before the Shanna plan, before Shanahan got involved, the Leafs had a very, let's just say, spotted history with regards to honoring their previous players. And that is part of the reason that led to Davy Keon voted the best leaf ever um, had his exodus from the team and didn't, didn't do what he wouldn't sign a leafs photo for years and years and years. 
because he just he did not agree with how the team treated their former players. So for the majority of the Leafs' existence, they had two retired numbers because the criteria was you had to either have your career ended while you were a Maple Leaf or you had to actually oh pass away while you were a Maple Leaf. So what? number five for Bill Barocco was retired. Everyone knows the story, the famous song, 50 Mission Cap, scored the game-winning goal against Montreal in the 51 Stanley Cup Final. And then him and his dentist buddy went to go fishing in a little Cessna airplane, and it crashed in northern Ontario, and he wasn't found for a decade. Mm-hmm. And then previous to that, Ace Bailey, number six, he had his retired because his career was ended when Eddie Shore broke his stick over his skull and almost killed him. Jesus. So when Shanahan came in, one of his goals was to help try and repair the relationships between the Leafs and the Leafs alumni. And that is why I believe it was the 2017 season, the the centennial season. They did that big ceremony before the season where all the honored numbers, because previous, so Clark, Sundin, all that, they had their number quote unquote honored. So there was a raft, there was a banner up in the rafters, but other players could still wear it. So all the honor numbers then became retired. So interesting. I didn't know that people could still wear thirteen for the leaves. I feel like that wouldn't look right. Yeah, no one did. No. And God, under those original criteria, I hope thirty-four and sixteen didn't go up in the rafters by some gruesome death on the ice or something. Their careers ending brutally. Do you guys see the statue um, dropped off in Maple Leaf Square of Kyle Laurie yesterday or the day before oh to line up against probably, the, the Leaf squad? <laughs> yeah, probably yesterday because he was uh, in town playing. I'm all for it. Came back. The Grope. Yeah, I mean, come on. Best rap of all time. You're going to put a Kawhi Leonard one out there? No, it's got to be Lowry. I think the thing that like that differentiates basketball and and NHL for me, besides the fact, you know, the ice and the ball. <laughs> but like when you think of like the history is that like when I think back to like and I feel like most um, fans around our age think back to like the the legends, you know, it goes back to like Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell. Um, you know, you still think about even Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which is like surprisingly yeah. very recent. Right. But when you think about hockey legends, even though we're not, you know, our league is not nearly the same size and, and you know, hasn't grown the way in the NBA did. Uh, monetarily and market wise it's like you think back to nhl legends and you're you, you know you get rocket richard you get ace bailey king clancy gordy howe and like yeah gordy's starting to get into the years of uh you know say wilt chamberlain but <laughs> but a lot of those guys are like you know in the 20s and 30s and 40s like while we might, might not be the biggest league you know currently like hockey's got a huge history and like up there, you know, say with, you know, MLB, you know, you think of like, uh, was it, um, Babe Ruth, right? Like I, in my head, just because of where can, I'm a Canadian and I'm, I'm from Toronto, like, you know, I think, I think of Dave Keon right up there with, with Babe Ruth to me, like, you know, I, I went to, you know, most Leafs fans will rarely see a Leafs game, right? Because they're so expensive. You, you you might get tickets from a friend or you may have a chance where it's your birthday and someone gets you tickets or you save up your allowance money or whatever, but you get a chance maybe to go see. Or you go to a game in Ottawa like Southern. Or, there you or go. Steph yeah. wins those tickets. Or a Sabres game or something, right? But if you go to, you know, if you go to the Air Canada Centre or the Scotiabank Arena now, I just remember recently looking up and I was like, I, I'm pretty sure the Leafs lost that game, but I, I looked up and I saw all the, you know, the retired... Um, 
or, or celebrated uh, Leafs players. And I didn't, I wasn't looking at like Sundin or anything. I was looking at, I was looking at Dave Keon and I was looking at Johnny Bauer and I'm like, those kids on the ice, like if, if they don't look up there and see those names and see like, like these are old guys now, like a lot of these guys are probably dead, right? It's like, if they don't look up and see that, like what they're doing and what they have the potential to do, how much it means to this city, if they don't understand that, like, then they'll never win a Stanley Cup, okay? Like, they need to look in those rafters, and if, you know, I said, if Mitch Marner's crying, he better be crying because he didn't do it for fucking Dave. He didn't do it for Johnny. He didn't do it for all those who were effed over by Harold Baller. And it's it's sad because, like, it, it this weight shouldn't be on their shoulders, but this is the same weight that was on the Red Sox shoulders, right? This is the same weight that's on any team who has a storied past in history that cannot make it to that promised land and right now it's us like we're we are that team and if you look up in those rafters you see those faces like those guys didn't have it nearly as good as our team does and nobody likes to hear that but at the same time it's like these boys this this means everything so if you can just put us if you put us there oh my god you you know you saw that raptors parade that leafs parade it's gonna it's gonna be a freaking banger all right like just like Munenori Kawasaki said, it's gonna be a bush party tonight. All right, it's gonna be a freaking bush party Ayo. if we win. And it'll start the second they make it to the second round. It'll be a yeah. party for a month. Because insane. Once you have like that deep breath of getting past the first round, like all bets are off. It's gonna be oh, yeah. mayhem. Okay, so as we hit our final minutes here, sixteen and thirty-four. Are they? Final consensus. They're going up in the rafters. What do these guys do, or do they have to do more? I think 34 for sure is going up there, right? I think Marner is obviously well on his way to going there. I'd put him 80% and higher, but yeah, Matthew's 100%. He's up there. He's already the best leaf of all time, I Mm -hmm. think. If they continue on the path that they're on, 100%, but there's two players that need to be up there before they go up there. And uh, who's that? Uh, Ricky Vibe and Ron Ellis. Like, I didn't know that Ron Ellis wasn't. It's wild that Ricky Vibe isn't on there. Like, Rick Vibe is the first player to ever score 50 for the Leafs. Scored 50 goals, over 50 goals, three years in a row. And he was captain of the Leafs during some of the darkest. A shit team. Yeah, absolutely. He was over a point a game. He doesn't get near enough credit. And then, same as Ron Ellis, he came in right at the end. He won the Cup with him in 67, played over 1,000 games for the team. He's in the top, like, five or ten for every basic category you can think of for the Leafs, and nobody even thinks about him. I mean, it's tough, like you said, if it's a rough time for the team. I mean, look at how we look at Phaneuf and Kessel, regardless of how they might have ever once played. Like, we ran them out of town. If it's a rough time for the team, it's a rough time for the people leading it. Agreed. So it's just unfortunate. You want to know my hot take <laughs> right I now? I think hangs over on McGillney, too. My last hot take of yeah, the night that? that goes along with this is that, like, I was thinking about, like, who would be, like, for because it's just Sundin up there, right? But I think maybe, you know, if you wanted to throw in, like, uh, Ty Domi as a consolation prize. But I was actually thinking because of, for me growing up, he was such a beauty and and his his story is crazy is Wade Belak, all right? And maybe you guys don't give a shit about him, but I do. And I don't maybe he won't ever Number be in three. the rafters. I might not ever see him in the rafters, but if they did some something to honor Belak, 
I'd be pretty happy about that. Like, I'm sure they have done something, but I don't know. Like, he, people people nowadays don't understand how much he was a scary guy, and like he was also on the Leafs during a pretty, you know, pretty rough patch of uh, Leafs history. Rest in I peace. I remember Belak and Chad Kilger playing together. Six oh, foot God, five, two hundred and twenty-two pounds. You don't mess with that guy, all right? Nah. Sup, Steph? <laughs> yeah. Um, rest in peace, man. This is For a, sure. like I, we spoke about him on one episode, and we we're going over how he passed away or something. And um, I, I remember Johnny, you forgot. Yeah, and I'm like. Man, this was I forgot again. <laughs> but definitely a legend. To the point of the rafters though, like in the last 20, 25 years, there hasn't been too many players who have been with us for too long that really deserve to go up there. Like it's Gilmore was with us for a little while. Clark was with us for a little while. Potvay. Obviously Sundin's up there. But like you've never had a guy who's been with us, you know, like ten plus years, like maybe Matthews and Marner will be. And hopefully Morgan this generation on his way there. He's another one. And hopefully like this generation will provide us with some players who are worthy of, you know, having a banner up there. So maybe that's a more interesting conversation now that Matthews has kind of solidified his place and leaves history. What about Morgan Riley, who might end up playing the most years with the team out of all these guys? Yeah, at, at this conversation, um, thinking about Marner, Marner doesn't pop into my mind. It's more Matthews and Riley for me. Uh, obviously, Mo has started with like from the bottom. Now you know he's going to be an old man, like forty, forty-five, still playing with the Leafs. I really <laughs> hope so. You know, it's just going to be like a forever and ever Leaf thing in my mind. And yeah, he's definitely the next to put on the C as well. Like if uh, Tavares didn't get it, I thought all the way Morgan Riley would have gotten it. And think of like what he did before he signed this contract too. Like he said, "I'm a Leaf through and through," and this is a BC kid, like. This guy bleeds blue and white. He deserves to be up there eventually, I think. He's Yeah, he might finish his career not playing for another team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's fifth all time in Leafs points by a defenseman and sixth in games played. Yeah. Very impressive. Wow. So really, I think that's one that nobody talks about enough is he kind of slips under the radar because he's he's it's almost like he's just been there, so everyone kind of checks off. Oh yeah, we got Morgan Riley, but we've been doing that for a long time now. The, like he used to play with Jake Gardner, and Jake Gardner's long gone, guys. The guy's really good at his job, and he's dependable, and he does fly a bit under the radar, and that's a little bit unfortunate. Isn't this but, is like yeah? I mean, year. it's fortunate for the Leafs for the deal they were able to give him, but if the Leafs is it his tenth season with the Leafs? Is it, yeah, pretty close. He, it was drafted when he was eighteen. So he, I he think he's going on his 12th. 10th year. Yeah. When yeah. was the 12th draft? Oh Pretty sure you can God. see him in the background of that video of uh, Phil Kessel where he's just like, good one, Randy. <laughs> 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 oh, man. So uh, with nothing else to close us off, I think we're at our hour here. We're going to finish off for the night. So I think I got to work in the morning at like 730. So but that's my doing. Uh, any of you guys going to take either tomorrow or Thursday. Maybe. Maybe. Otherwise, uh, guaranteed an episode on Saturday. Thanks all for tuning in to Leafs Late Night. This has been another post-game show with your crew. Jack Campbell is elite. John Tavares is underrated. (laughs) 
Yeah, that guy gets shit on a lot right now, but he's like point uh, like a point per game pretty much right now. John Tavares? Yeah. If he scores a game winning goal in, in like the Stanley Cup final or something, like he goes on the rafters too, like unfortunately. Like <laughs> like if anybody has like a No, it's okay, I'll just edit all this out, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm just saying Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more.